Stephanie J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we're on. We are, we are doing the What's thing. What's going on? Okay. I'm excited. This is a juicy episode. Super, super juice. We need like a... <laughs> super juice. Like uh, on the Kardashians, they used to say like, instead of say, saying um, like, are you telling the truth? They're like Bible. It's like hand on the Bible. So like we need a, a word for juicy. Like a... Is juicy just the word Like though? a level of juiciness. Another kind of juice. I don't know. You guys can think about it. I'll let you think about it. I don't Come know. back to it's me with Jack your ideas. Lane level juicing. <laughs> Yes, Jack Lane. <laughs> Wasn't he of the juicer? Yep, yep. And if you don't know who Jack Lane is, then just stop listening right now. Yeah, I know. So we did an episode on Rachel and Dave Hollis, and this is kind of what spark- sparked it for me. Um, I was starting to look up things about Rachel to before I wanted to talk more about it because I didn't really understand why people were so upset. And there was this YouTube video, and a girl said that Rachel does – she – uses toxic positivity and then she put up a picture of this book about a woman named barbara i can't say her last name something um called blindsided no i just lost it brightsided sorry called brightsided and it's all about toxic positivity and how that is ruining america and i was like "Ooh, that is such a good term toxic positivity and I thought we need to talk about it and then Jill came home and she mentioned it and I was like oh my god well I wanted to talk about it yeah I mean I've I've been seeing it a little bit recently and you know the thing that actually got me into personal development and like and kind of spirituality like loosely um was positive psychology so positive psychology so typically when um like when you think about research articles, like psychology, you know, research articles uh, or studies that people do, psychological experiments, it's always been based on dysfunction. So they will study people who have a certain dysfunction and then that's what the studies are all about. So forever and ever and ever, um, you know, it was based on dysfunction. And then in the last 20 years or so, they started doing experiments and research on the people who have the most happiness, the most joy, who have positive attitudes, et cetera. And that's what really got me into like that space was starting to read those kinds of books and going and, and coming up with like, you know, benefit of the doubt and gratitude and some of these practices that we know really do help people feel more in joy. And I, uh, I think it was in 2012, I actually had the honor of interviewing uh, Sean Acor, who's a best-selling author of a book called The Happiness Advantage. And he, one thing that he, we talked about obviously, you know, positivity and he, an optim, like being an optimist. And he said, there's a huge misconception that positive psychology or optimism is about being happy all the time. That's not at all what it is. It's acknowledging when things aren't awesome, but it's also feeling as though inside you have a say in what happens next. So that's really the difference. Someone who's a pessimist feels like anything that they do doesn't matter. And someone who is more positive and someone who is more optimistic knows, doesn't try to gloss over the fact that life is hard and things are going to come up and there are going to be challenges. In fact, they know that and they're ready for it. They just also believe inside that they have the tools and they have the wherewithal to to overcome it, to process it, et cetera. So toxic positivity is kind of like, it's a Pollyanna bypassing. Yep, yep. 
It's uh, I looked up and kind of the internet definition says it's the culture. And this is the thing too. I think part of it is the culture of portraying yourself as being happy no matter what. So you're basically switched off to anything that might be viewed as negative. And it's also encouraging people to always see the bright side and not open up about anything bad. And I see this in like the law of attraction type of because they tell you you can't because if you focus on the bad, you're going to attract it. Yeah. So it's like you only focus on the good because you don't want, and you don't want anything bad to happen. Obviously you don't, but just avoiding thinking about things doesn't mean that they don't exist. <laughs> Back to like we we're joking around earlier, just about Trump saying, if we just do less testing, there'll be less cases. COVID it's kind cases. of like, okay, yeah. it's not, this is the same thing with this. Like, just cause you don't think about it doesn't mean it's not there or not happening. So the toxic positivity really is that it's like, and, and we can even use these examples today of things that are going on in the world that are heavy and they're hard to talk about. And we can just go, you guys just think of the good stuff and hey, it's going to get better. And people who are in the middle of it are like, shut the F up. Like, sure, we want things to get better. Yes, there can be hope. And there's still crap going on. And so the reason why we say it's toxic is because it, what Jill just said, it's bypassing, it's spiritual bypassing or whatever bypassing you want to call it, um, of reality of reality yeah yeah and you know and it's also the making the assumption that if you acknowledge negative emotions that somehow that's personal and I think for maybe me and you we've talked about kind of perfectionism a lot and I think for people who are perfectionists you can't even and I know I was very sensitive to this and very defensive um I remember even when Jade and I were talking about business early on like when I was really my kind of like perfectionist days he would say well you know if we try this and, and it doesn't work then this 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 and I would get really upset like of course it's going to work like don't even mention that don't even bring that into the universe like don't even say that and he was just like well Jill the reality is this so to me in a way if we can even just look at what might go wrong it doesn't mean that we're bad. Yep. It doesn't mean we did a bad job. It just literally means like something might not go right. So I think it, you don't have to take it personally. And I think if you're worried about acknowledging a negative emotion or you're worried, you're worried about acknowledging something that's bad, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't yeah. mean that you did a bad job or you're not worthy. It's just simply the result of something not going according to plan. So yeah. I think, um, you know, I actually looked at Mark Manson. I love his stuff. And he has a blog called um, Stop Trying to Be Happy. And it, he has a couple of things in here, which I really loved. He said, denying negative emotions leads to deeper and more prolonged negative emotions and emotional dysfunction. And really it comes down to, okay, like let's say something bad's happening and we're just not going to acknowledge it. I believe yeah. it's going to be harder and harder to get past it. Right. Yeah. So the faster we acknowledge uh, the negative emotions and process it without judgment, right? Yeah. That's the piece about like, don't take it personally. Yeah. The faster we acknowledge the negative emotions th- and then process it without judgment, the faster we can move through and actually come up with a solution yeah. and a plan of action. Like I always tell my girls in business, like, and you said it earlier, you know, building your business is a huge personal development. It's a huge personal development journey and not everything is going to go well. It's just not. Yeah. But if you're worried and you take it personally, every little rejection, every little failure, every little struggle, every little misstep, you take it personally, you're going to crumble versus, so I always tell my girls, we can see it as a pain or we can see it as a puzzle. And when you see something bad as a puzzle, it makes you feel empowered. Like you get to do something about it. But if it's just like, oh my God, this is all bad all the time. So there's a difference between, and I don't think that, that by that, this Pollyanna attitude is productive. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's what you said about uh, what Mark Manson said is it extends it. Uh, You know, if 
you you're grieving. Let's you lose yep. somebody, you lose a job, and you want it. You're sad for good reason, um, but you're just like, oh, I'm going to get over it. I'm going to get through this. Like those kind of things right. and self talk. It's sure you can, but I feel like when you push those things down or you get over things too fast and you don't actually allow your yourself the chance to feel, to grieve, to hurt, to process, you, to talk out loud. Yeah, to- it takes longer to heal or it comes up later in some other way, in some, whether physical Anger, ailment resentment. or yeah, something. And I think it's so important to allow yourself to have painful feelings. And I remember going through um, with my ex talking to like this coach I had and I, I kept saying, I'm just trying not to be angry. I'm trying not to be angry. She, she's like, cause I, in my mind, I'm like, I want to be better than that. I want to move on. I want to be like this person. And she's like, why are you trying not to be angry? And I was like, well, I don't, I just don't want to be. She's like, you have every right to be angry. And I, I think I had this fear of like, if I get angry, then suddenly like my whole life is, I'm going to just be raging and I won't be able to get control over it. But once I was allowed to feel my anger and get and go through it, then it's gone. Like, I don't think we can ever stick in an emotion for ever. You know, it's kind of like, like hunger. We talked about like these things when you're going through that where you're always hungry, always hungry. Once you start allowing yourself to eat the food, suddenly you don't want it anymore. So true. And so I feel like feelings are very similar. If you're pushing back that anger, if you're pushing back that resentment, it comes up more and that's when we get afraid of it. And if we just kind of let it out and let it go, it passes through. And that's um, the word emotion. It's emotion, energy in motion, right? So it should be that energy coming out Mm -hmm. and through Mm -hmm. and however that looks, but by like saying, oh, just think positive, it's going to get better. That's not necessarily a negative thing in itself. That's not necessarily toxic in itself. However, when you're never allowed to have any negative feelings, it can become toxic. And a piece that I really see that, that can be is in these examples of when things are really difficult and you don't allow yourself to grieve, feel pain. This is when you just, you're, you're not allowing yourself to be human and it's going to come up later. And the, the book, actually that bright sided book, the woman, Barbara, I feel like it's Aaron Reich or Aaron Reich. I don't know. But anyway, she was, she had breast cancer and she, this is why she wrote the book, I guess. So she said she had breast cancer and all of the things she was reading was telling her to just be positive. And if you're more positive, you'll be healed from breast cancer. And on the flip side of that, it's, she was like, well, if I don't heal, then it's my fault, Mm. right? Like if I don't get better, then it was, it was because I wasn't positive enough. Right. And so think about these things, y'all, like maybe you have an illness or a miscarriage or something that's just, it's not really in your control and you're trying to control your attitude. And then what you're beating yourself up because like, you can't blame your cancer or your terminal illness or whatever kind of illness because you weren't positive enough. And I think that's when it can become toxic where it's, you're beating yourself up for this when it's like, wait a second, that's not really how that works. <laughs> I do like the word bypassing because it, it kind of infers the this like band-aid solution. If I tell myself I'm happy enough, it acquits me of having to actually do the real work mm. to live in joy. And living in joy is different than being happy, right? Being happy is like a momentary thing. Like I'm happy right now. Like we're, you know, we're having a great day. I'm happy right now. But living in joy is acknowledging 
that not everything goes well all the time, but still feeling hope for the future and still feeling a sense of self-efficacy. Like I can, you know, I still have something I can do about this. I still feel like I can do the work and process. And you and I have been through so much emotional stuff in our relationships, in our business and, and multiple things over the last four and five years. And we always process everything. And if I start to beat myself up about something and really like blame myself, you'll call me on it and vice versa. And I think that's what you need. You need to be able to process something you know, it's okay to get triggered. I don't think it's okay to to get stuck mm. and to and to stay mired in that because if we're constantly, if we're never moving past that, I think that that's an issue. And so the question I had for you was, we kind of always know these people. We did a whole episode on drama queens. We kind of know these people. We see them on social media who everything feels like a downer. Like they just, oh my, like everything is the worst all the time, right? People go to social media and they kind of dump on social media and it's all negative and you read it and you're like, why do I feel bad? So I want to make space for people to have their emotions. But at what point do you turn the corner and go, okay, I'm still not resolved. Like I still feel these things. It's still lingering. But now I have sort of some sort of like actionable turnaround. It doesn't need to be like a perfect, like everything's great. Everything's great. Like we can all picture that person's like, it's so great. Everything's great. And you're like, you look like a robot right now. Like, <laughs> right, we are right. like your caricature cartoon fan. Like, what are you doing? Like we all know what that feels like, but at the same time, it can't always be processing. Everything's always bad. Everything is blowing up my face, like just this constant drama. So what's the balance? Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like what's the balance really comes down to, are you truthfully, like, have you truthfully allowed yourself to feel and process? I feel like if you really have, it gets to a point where you want to you're, have an actionable step, you're right? You're done, right? You're kind of like, like, okay, but okay, what's You can't next? process forever or I feel like that actually just is you're just complaining and you're trying to stay it's mired It's complaining, in. blaming, mired. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if truly, let's say uh, like trauma, real trauma that just, like I think there are things like EMDR therapy yep. and there are things ayahuasca. that- Ayahuasca. That, yeah, ayahuasca, seriously, ayahuasca, EMDR, hypnosis, those things that can kind of get to the root because there's some piece that's stuck. Um, but ultimately, if it is, let's say, you know, somebody cheated on you 10 years ago and you're still talking about it and you, you're saying you're processing, it's like, no, you're not processing now. You're just trying to stay the victim. And it's not to say like, just be happy that you have someone. No, that's now. not the solution either. Because that's yeah, because that's not it either. It's really going. Have I truly processed it? Because I think sometimes, like, if you continually talk about something, complain about something, you're still in it, kind of stuck in the victimy way. That's not actually processing the emotion. That is, I don't know what that is. It's just staying in it because you feel comfortable staying in it. Yep. Processing the emotion looks like probably crying, screaming maybe having a conversation with the person, maybe writing a letter of forgiveness or a letter of F you, I don't know. But there's things that you, those are actionable steps you can do to actually process. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can, if you are really doing the work, I think to process something, I don't think that will last forever. Yeah. All right, you've heard about him, cbdforlife.us. Y'all, CBD, you've heard about CBD. Yep. It does all things. 
um, it washes your dog. It cures your grandma. <laughs> it makes your hair grow back from your ears. I don't know. No, you guys, CBD is a really great um, product. If you want to read more about it, if you go to cbdforlife.us, they have so many resources on um, you know, what CBD does, what it doesn't do. It's not getting you high. You're not going to get uh, docked on a drug test or anything. It's a really amazing product that, does, that really does do a lot of things. And these guys um, really take pride in where their CBD comes from. Um, it is third-party tested. And so you can check that all out at cbdforlife.us. And if you are curious about it, go there, read the resources, and would, you, would love for you to try some of those products. Check them out. And you can always use the Best Life at checkout to save 20%. Remember, it's cbdforlife.us. U.S. Love those guys. And we're just so appreciative to be partnering with them. Make sure you guys check them out. And if you have any specific questions about different products, uh, Dan and I have pretty much tried the entire catalog of products. So send us a DM on Insta and we can point you in the right direction. So we wanted to share with you guys one of our amazing partners. This is a new partnership for us, and we've actually been in talks with this uh, company for the last couple of months, and we're so, so excited to be able to introduce them to you. This is a company called Reset. So it is spelled R3SET, R3SET.com. Um, and if you go to their website and you guys are interested in the products, they actually have two products. One is called Calm, and one is called Unwind. And essentially what these natural products do is they help us us at the biochemical level uh, in terms of our stress. They actually affect three different body systems. And I thought this was genius. And I think that's why in Reset, there's that three, because it really focuses on the endocrine system, which is your hormones, your nervous system, which is like your fight or flight response, and also your immune system, which all of us need to be boosting at this point, especially if you, you know, in quarantine are feeling stress, you're feeling anxiety moment to moment, you're feeling uncertainty. Uh, this is a really just great natural way to start hitting those systems at the biochemical level. So it's not like something where you're going to take it and like you're going to feel different instantaneously. It's not like a Xanax or anything like that. It's essentially just natural herbs and vitamins and minerals that is going to give you a general sense of calm over time. And so I love that they, you know, really promote natural ways of doing this as well, including like sleep and journaling and gratitude and practices and stuff like that, stuff that we know works, but also including in these products, things like L-theanine, valerian root, ah flower, ashwagandha. Um, ashwagandha, which I know that you've kind of taken in the past as well, yep. passion flower, chamomile, like all these kind of known herbs that do relax our systems and are really subtle. So if you're someone who is uh, natural and you have more of a holistic approach to your health, definitely check out reset r3set.com. Use the best life at checkout for a discount. Word. And we'll see you in the episode. Yeah. You know, one um, of the things, uh, this is beef that I do have with the personal development industry is that like they make their living or they make their money by telling you that you're, that something's wrong with you. Yeah. So it's like, hey, like you need to be better. Read these books because you are not happy and you're not reaching your potential, right? Yeah. And like at the end of the day, not everyone has to reach their potential, whatever that is. Or maybe they are reaching their potential right now. And so happiness in a way or feeling joy in a way is a choice. But the, the self-help industry is constantly like, there's something to work on here. There's something to work on here. And oftentimes we just read a book and we understand what the book says from an intellectual perspective, right? We understand on an intellectual level, like, okay, I get this. I get this. I get this. But it almost allows for us to not actually do to integrate yep. and implement yep. because we're just reading and we're going, oh, okay, I read the book, like I'm good, you know. And it's like there's some there's an actionable step that needs to happen, 
you and I talked about this a lot. We've talked about this in the podcast a lot. That last 10% of truly making a transformation is looking at the moments that you have a chance to do something different. So some of my yeah. triggers are things like, you know, what would Oprah do? Or what would someone who is trusting do? What would someone who's at the level I want to get to do, yep. you know, in this moment? And yeah. really only 10% maybe of, of the time you have those opportunities. So true. 90% of the time is reading the books yeah. and having the awareness and having the conversations. Yeah. But if I tell you, okay, you know, my, my ex-husband cheated on me. I really want to be someone who's trusting in a relationship. I can know that intellectually. But if I get into a new relationship... I have opportunities to be a trusting person. Mm -hmm. And what do I do? Now we're talking real transformation, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about this shit is hard. Yep. It is easy to sit at home and read books about personal development and understand it from an intellectual level and even coach other people up on it. You just have to read this book. And this, like, we all do that. I respect the person the most who does the thing that they wouldn't have done last yep. year yep. or the thing they wouldn't have done five years ago because they're actually in transformation process and they're integrating. And what you're talking about too is real transformation versus the toxic positivity of like, I'm just going to trust all men again blindly because I don't I want to put that in the universe that I'll get cheated on. And like that's the toxic positivity <laughs> yes, yes. piece because because yeah. somebody can do that and it's like, that's not it because now you actually just need to be discerning and you need to have, and you can trust, but this doesn't mean blindly just going, if I don't think about people doing bad things, it will never happen to me. And I, I, one of my old friends, um, she, she used to say that kind of stuff where like she'd go to a park late at night or like do things that were just not the safest. And she's like, I just always trust that if I don't think about that, nobody can ever touch me or hurt me. And I was like, that could work. I don't know if it's the best idea. Like <laughs> you don't just want to be like, I don't know. I was in Morocco uh, last year and you know, all the women are covered and you were like, you know, covered well. And there was a few times where like my shoulder was showing and I had these guys making, you know, comments to me and I'm like, I'm not going to walk around Morocco dressed the way I, I'm dressed in America and just think nobody's going to say anything or yep. touch me or yep. like I'm in a country that's not used to what I'm used to. I'm not going to do stupid stuff and just think my positive thinking is going to save me. And um, we have to know, like to your example of that, it's like, we can't just think, well, I'm never going to think about someone cheating again. It's not going to happen. Like doing the actual work means learning how to trust again, not just because you don't want to think it's nobody can be trusted, but because you have learned to be discerning. You've learned to trust yourself. You've learned to like there's a lot of pieces to that than just bypassing it all and just be like, okay, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know, for me, that's harder. Yeah, way harder. But like for a lot of people, it's easier. Like Trump, let's just not do the test and then there won't be any coronavirus cases. It's <laughs> that's like, true. Uh, that's okay, true. just because you decided not to look at it doesn't mean it's not there. Well, that's the thing. It's because <laughs> doing the work is actually harder. But yeah, <laughs> yeah doing, the work, it, doing the work is a lot harder, you know, and it takes a lot of courage, you know, mm -hmm. in those in moments where maybe you wouldn't have trusted in the past. Like you have to go, cool. If I want to be someone to trust, like, fuck, I got to like get my lady balls on and like fucking trust right now, you know? So I think there's definitely, it's a courage that it takes to look at something hard or look at something that didn't go well. And I still maintain that not taking it personally is key to moving through it mm. because the more you make it about you being a bad person or not being good enough or being unworthy or you fucked up or like the more you take it on. And again, I mean, I think it, there's always introspection work and asking yourself like, what role do I play in this? But don't get stuck on that. Yeah. Like, 
cool, what's the solution here? What's the thing I want to do differently? And move it forward with real tangible um, insights instead of just pretending it's not there, you know? And so if you're ever, and this should just be a cautionary tale for you guys, if you know, you're listening to someone or you're reading something online and, or you have a coach even, God, I think coaches do this too. And just tell you like, well, don't, you know, don't think about that because if you do, you're going to manifest it. God, that that's the same thing as when I was a Catholic, I was so worried about every move that I made. I was either going to heaven or hell. I was like, okay. Like when I was just like deep in Catholicism mm-hmm. as a teenager, I was like, oh my God, is this going to get me to heaven? Is this going to get me to hell? Like imagine walking around going like, okay, am I, am I fucking up my manifestation because I'm thinking about something bad? It's like yeah. thinking about something bad is human yep. and necessary to level up your existence into joy, yep. you have to acknowledge those emotions and repressing the emotions makes it take longer to get past them. They've actually shown that in research and the positive psychology research yep. is the more we repress, the longer it takes to get past those things. So I think looking at negative emotions, looking at things that happened that are not ideal and being as clinical as you possibly can with that. Have a friend, have someone you trust who can hold it down for you, can hold space for you um, and resist the temptation to really take it so personally, you know, and again, at the same time, you know, it's, you don't have to be okay. You don't have to be okay right away. You know, I think sometimes because we do the work and because we read the books and because you listen to these podcasts that you don't think it's okay to take your time yeah. and you don't think it's okay to pause. And so I, Danny and I always tell each other like, Hey, like it's okay to not be okay. It's yeah. okay to like be processing for a second. It's okay not to have the lesson quite yet. Yep. So sit in it take and beat. get comfortable in the discomfort of, of not having an answer quite yet. And the answer isn't always just be happy. Pretend it's not happening. Like let's move it forward. Like I love action just as much as the next person, but sometimes there isn't an action to take until you've kind of processed some of this stuff. Yeah. During the beginning of quarantine, um, I redid some find the money project stuff and we did a new uh, challenge. And one thing I had never done before was during this find the money project, I was like, a lot of people are losing their jobs, um, becoming unemployed. Things are uncertain. And one of the steps in the challenge was figure out what's the worst case scenario. And then let's like look at that and see how you can work it out. And Practical so, pessimism. Yeah. Right. A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Cause that made me really relieved. And I had a couple of people that said, I didn't do that part because I don't want to attract that. I don't want that to happen. And I was like, there's a difference between looking at worst case scenario, expecting and call, it to happen. Yeah, calling that in and expecting it versus looking at it and going, okay, if I know worst can happen is I lose my job and then I go home, live with my parents in their basement for two months and you're like, can I handle that? Sure. Yeah, it sucks, or like you, you got to figure it. out where like, okay, I don't have parents to go to. Where can I go? You have the plan in your mind and go, okay, that's It's doable. a productivity tool because I can do more. Yeah. And a lot of people, because they refuse to think about it, they have anxiety over what if, what if, what if, what if, and that anxiety is really freaking them out instead of just let's look at actually what it could be and then going, all right, I got that. And now I can focus. And most of the people who did the activity, they said, thank you. That was actually really helpful because they were more anxious of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. And when they actually just looked at, okay, if this did happen, we'd be fine. Then they could move on and and not feel so anxious. And so it was interesting that some people were like, I wouldn't do that. I didn't want to do it because I don't want to call that in or I don't. And I'm like, I get it. And also we can't avoid, we can't 
not think about hard things because we don't want them to happen. Because that's also not true. It's like, don't think about your dog dying. Guess what? Your dog is going to die someday. Like, <laughs> don't think about your parents dying. Your parents are going to die. Everyone's going to die. So just not thinking about it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I mean, it's always going to be scary. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't want to go home and live at your parents on your parents' basement for right. two months, right. like, as a grown-ass adult. But, like... You know, uh, to me, it has always been a productivity tool. It's called practical pessimism. And I love that you do that with your girls because it really does help them take the next yep. step and go, well, yeah, I mean, it would suck, but I could definitely do it. I'd survive. I'd be fine. Yep. And then what's one step I could take to get back to baseline totally. even? Totally. So yeah, I think I Great. think when it comes to toxic positivity, it's that step of like, if I had done the challenge, like, okay, guys, we're only going to think positive. I know Corona, like I know turn off the news. 40,000 people and 40 million people unemployed. Don't worry about that. It's not you. If you don't, if you don't look, you're going to keep your job. Like, no, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. Like let's deal with the reality as best as we can instead of pretending it doesn't exist. And so that's where the toxic positivity culture comes in is the people who are just um, saying like bad vibes, get out of it. Yeah. Unable to look at real problems too. I mean like real problems, you know, and it's okay to acknowledge real problems. Yeah. The faster you can acknowledge them, the faster you can find a solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Anyway, I really like, I like this topic, especially I feel like with, with Jill and I, we see a lot of this in the, in in the industries we're in and, um, and you know, it's something for me to be aware of too. Like I, you know, look at my messaging and I'm like, have I ever tried to brush over stuff? And so I always want to make sure that I'm Mm. not doing those kind of things. There's, of course, I think mindset is huge. I think reframing things is huge, but I also don't think we should brush over, pretend things don't exist. How, and, and as I say that, like I choose not to watch a lot of news because I don't, not because I don't, um, want it to exist, but I know how it affects me. And so I protect myself, but I, I have a certain boundary around it. And so I have to like, even ask myself, am I being too Pollyanna by not doing that? And, and I'm like, no, I'm still aware, you know, I'm still paying attention. I'm just not, not reading every single little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's out there. Right. I get it. So, but it's just interesting. I think we can all look at ourselves and, you know, see what end of the spectrum we fall under, you know, some of the most confident people I know are people who are willing to get really real with what could go wrong. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're confident in what might happen and they move forward anyway. Like they just, they're, they are so confident in themselves that they're like, cool. Like, I don't want that to happen, but if it did, I'd be okay. Or at least I trust myself to figure it out. You know, it goes back to self, that self-trust conversation. So, you know, I mean, I think it's smart to, to see all angles and work through them. Like it. It's good. Awesome. Y'all. Well, Let's hear your take in the Best Life Podcast group. If you go to bestlifepodcast.com, just sit, hit request, and we'll let you in. We don't uh, want to hear anything bad, password though. is toxic positivity. <laughs> we don't want to hear anything bad, though, so don't bring those <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, don't, uh, don't post anything bad. Don't and also put any depressing things in there. Leave a review, but only good reviews and uh, five, <laughs> five stars. If you have any negative things to say, don't say it at all, no, especially not don't to Don't hold us. it in. <laughs> we'll see you guys oh, later. Bye, guys. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.